Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into The Seven Sins of Memory by Daniel Schachter. This fascinating read provides an in depth exploration of the seven key ways in which our memory can fail us, from the mundane moments of misplacing our keys to the more profound struggles with recurrent negative thoughts. More intriguingly, it sheds light on the mechanisms behind these memory lapses and offers guidance on how they can be mitigated. As it turns out, what may seem like faults in our memory system are actually the byproducts of its remarkable capabilities. The author, Daniel Schachter, is not only the head of the psychology department at Harvard University, but also a recognized authority in the field of memory and neuropsychology. His expertise is backed by accolades from the American Academy of Arts and Sciences, among others, making his insights both reliable and revolutionary. This book is a must-read for anyone eager to understand the intricacies of human memory. Whether you're aiming to improve your memory, seeking ways to manage negative thoughts more effectively, or simply curious about why it's so hard to stop thinking about a white bear when prompted, The Seven Sins of Memory offers valuable wisdom. Join us as we explore how our memory's weaknesses reveal its strengths, making it an incredibly designed system despite its occasional failings. The Seven Sins of Memory, How the Mind Forgets and Remembers. Introduction, Unlocking the Mysteries of Our Imperfect Memories. Imagine this, you're racing against the clock, eager to make it to a crucial meeting, and suddenly it hits you. Where did you last see your keys? Despite turning your home upside down and retracing your steps in your mind, that piece of memory seems just out of reach. Certainly you remember setting them on the kitchen table, or did you? This everyday scenario mirrors the complex and sometimes frustrating nature of human memory. Our brains, for all their sophistication, harbor imperfections in how we remember and forget. This narrative journey delves into the seven fundamental flaws of human memory. Yes, our memory faults stem from the very design of our brains, an evolutionary blueprint that is both a marvel and a maze. However, recognizing and understanding these flaws opens the pathway to maneuvering through them with grace and skill. Within this exploration, you'll uncover intriguing insights, such as the reason behind our tendency to remember what someone does for a living over their name. It's a curious interplay of abstraction and concrete details in memory processing. The pitfalls of traditional police lineups, revealing how they can sometimes incriminate the innocent rather than serve justice. It underscores the fallibility and malleability of our recall under pressure or suggestive influence, the phenomenon of false memories, and how they can be so vivid and convincing that they lead individuals to confess to crimes they didn't commit. It's a startling reflection on the power of suggestion and the reconstructive nature of human memory. As we journey through the intricate landscape of human memory, we not only grasp its vulnerabilities, but also begin to harness the knowledge and techniques to mitigate its pitfalls. Understanding the seven sins of memory is not about lamenting its imperfections, but about embracing them, turning what might seem like flaws into stepping stones for better memory management and ultimately a deeper understanding of the human mind.
Part 1. How to Outsmart the Ephemeral Nature of Memory Ever walked into a get-together, only to be greeted with a friendly, Hello again, by someone you swear you're seeing for the first time? We've all been there. That moment of awkwardness is a textbook example of transience, the first of the seven sins of memory. Memory, by its nature, is fleeting, with many of our memories dissolving into the ether as time marches on. This point was strikingly illustrated in a study following the infamous 1995 O.J. Simpson trial. Researchers in California asked students to recount how they learned about the trial's verdict. Within just 15 months, only half could accurately recollect their whereabouts at the time. Fast forward to three years later, and accuracy had plummeted to a mere 30%. This concept of memories fading over time isn't new. Back in 1885, Hermann Ebbinghaus, a German philosopher, charted this decline in recall on his now famous forgetting curve. By memorizing a series of nonsensical words and measuring his recall over time, Ebbinghaus showed that he forgot 60% of them after nine hours, and by a month, 75% had slipped his mind. But here's the silver lining. Memory's transience isn't an insurmountable challenge. There are time-tested techniques to bolster our recall abilities. One of the oldest tricks in the book comes from the ancient Greeks with their invention of mnemonic devices. These memory aids link new information to familiar places or concepts, making the fresh detail far more retrievable. Mnemonics serve as mental shortcuts, bridging the gap between the unfamiliar and the well-known. For a practical take, imagine you're introduced to a robust fellow named Bruce. To ensure his name sticks, picture a scenario where Bruce could accidentally give you a bruise. The more vivid and personal the mental image, the more likely you'll remember Bruce the Bruiser the next time your paths cross. Adopting such techniques transforms memory from a sieve, letting details slip through uncontrollably, to a more reliable reservoir, capturing and retaining the moments that matter. Through understanding and actively countering transience, we can keep our memories vibrant and intact, turning fleeting moments into lasting impressions. Part 2. The Slippery Slope of Absent-Mindedness and Forgetting Imagine a scenario. A person with the extraordinary ability to memorize thousands of words verbatim, yet forgets something as mundane as buying milk. This paradox encapsulates the essence of absent-mindedness a unique type of memory lapse where failure isn't due to memory's disappearance but its initial non-registration. Absent-mindedness arises not from a deficiency in cognitive processing, but from a diversion of our attention. It means that, at the moment of supposed recollection, our mind was elsewhere, leaving the intended memory either weakly encoded or not captured at all. This explains why one might forget where they've placed their keys. It's less about memory erosion and more about where our focus was at the potential moment of memory creation. A fascinating illustration of our attentional blind spots is provided by psychologists Christopher Chabry and Daniel Siemens through their now-famous gorilla experiment. Participants were asked to count basketball passes in a video, during which a person in a gorilla suit conspicuously storms the scene. Surprisingly, about only half spotted the gorilla, underscoring how focused attention can render us oblivious to seemingly obvious elements. 
Additionally, forgetting can stem from an absence of effective cues rather than an actual failure to store information. The act of remembering is intimately tied to cues, signals that trigger the retrieval process. A cue's effectiveness hinges on its relevance and availability at the moment it's needed. A random piece of string tied around your finger might not jog your memory to feed the cat if it loses its associative meaning. Conversely, strategically placing your medication beside your toothbrush serves as an effective cue, merging seamlessly into your daily routine and ensuring the task isn't overlooked. This distinction underlines a critical aspect of memory, the intricate dance between attention, encoding, and the environmental cues that aid recall. It also suggests that enhancing our memory entails more than just sharpening our cognitive faculties. It requires a keen awareness of our surroundings, the careful crafting of reminders, and, most crucially, where we direct our attention in the vast sea of information that confronts us daily. Part 3. When memory plays hide-and-seek, understanding blocking. Imagine this. You're at a social event, and you see a familiar face approaching. You know you know their name, it's right there, teetering on the brink of your consciousness, but it just won't come out. This frustrating phenomenon is known as blocking, a peculiar type of memory hiccup where specific bits of information, though securely stored in our brain, become temporarily inaccessible. Blocking tends to target proper nouns more than any other type of memory. It's far easier for us to draw a blank on someone's last name, like Smith, compared to remembering that the person is, in fact, a blacksmith. This disparity in recallability boils down to how our brains forge associations. Proper nouns typically lack inherent descriptive information, leading to fewer mental connections. Conversely, common nouns or occupations link to a web of related concepts, places, activities, characteristics, thereby reinforcing our cognitive grip on them. This principle also explains why synonyms aid memory. Describing a car as an automobile or vehicle creates multiple pathways to the same piece of information, enhancing recall through the sheer volume of connections. So, how does one tackle the blocking conundrum? The secret lies in deliberately creating more and more vivid associations around tricky-to-remember details. Take, for example, a colleague named Murray whom you seldom interact with, concocting a vivid, if exaggerated, scenario where you and Murray are getting married can forge a lasting, albeit amusing, mnemonic, ensuring his name surfaces smoothly in future interactions. The phenomenon of something being on the tip of your tongue is not just a quirk of the English language, but a universally shared experience, underscoring the inherent, albeit endearing, imperfections of human memory. Fascinatingly, a study examining 51 languages found that 45 of them incorporated the concept of the tongue in descriptions of this sensation. In Korean, the elusive word is described as sparkling at the end of the tongue, a poetic nod to the tantalizingly close yet elusive nature of blocked memories. Understanding blocking not only sheds light on the intricacies of memory but also offers comforting reassurance. Those moments when words or names play an infuriating game of hide-and-seek in our minds are a ubiquitous aspect of the human condition, not a sign of individual failing. Through strategic association-making, 
we can coax those shy memories out of hiding and onto the tip of our tongue, ready for recall whenever we need them. Part 4. The Misleading Tango of Memory. Navigating Misattribution. Ever called your dentist by your doctor's name, or vice versa? Such mix-ups stem from misattribution, a common memory mishap where we jumble the origins of our memories, blending people, places, and things in ways that lead to confusion or, at times, significant errors. Consider the intense investigation following the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing. A witness firmly believed he saw Timothy McVeigh, the bomber, accompanied by a second man when renting a vehicle. His vivid description matched an actual person, except this individual was an innocent soldier who had rented a vehicle the following day with someone resembling McVeigh. This misattribution showcased how easily and unwittingly we can entangle separate memories, especially when details are not securely anchored to specific times or places. Misattribution doesn't just lead to harmless faux pas like misnaming someone. Its implications can veer into the gravely serious, particularly in the realm of criminal justice. An astonishing 90% of wrongful convictions, later overturned by DNA evidence, were initially bolstered by eyewitness misidentification. This statistic underscores the hazardous potential of misattributed memories, where a misplaced face or detail can derail lives and justice. Recognizing the peril of misattribution, the criminal justice system has sought to refine its practices. Traditional police lineups, which often prompted witnesses to pick the person most resembling their memory of the perpetrator, even if the actual culprit was absent, have evolved. The modern method iterates through suspects individually, prompting witnesses to give a specific verdict on each one, thereby encouraging a more meticulous and accurate recall. As we continue through this journey of understanding memory's foibles, it becomes evident that our grasp on the past is more like holding water in cupped hands than storing files in a cabinet. The upcoming insights into the malleable nature of our memories further illuminate the complex dance between cognition and reality, highlighting our susceptibility to suggestion and the mutable essence of our recollections. Part 5. The Power of Suggestion. How Our Memories Can Be Molded. Think back to your earliest childhood memory. Can you picture it vividly, or does it feel like a story you've been told? It turns out our memories aren't just archives of our past experiences. They're also incredibly susceptible to the influence of suggestion. The malleability of memory was strikingly demonstrated by a group of Dutch psychologists investigating the aftermath of a tragic plane crash in Amsterdam in 1992. When they asked their university colleagues ten months later if they had seen video footage of the crash, more than half said yes. In a follow-up study, not only did two-thirds of the respondents affirm they had seen such footage, but they also provided intricate details about the incident, despite the fact there was no footage of the event. This experiment illuminates the astonishing ease with which our memories can be shaped by merely suggestive questioning, leading us to recall events that never happened. This phenomenon of suggestibility not only sheds light on personal memory distortions, but also casts a long shadow over the reliability of eyewitness testimonies in the legal system. The danger of leading questions becomes starkly apparent when considering cases where innocent individuals have confessed to crimes they hadn't committed 
after being subjected to suggestive interrogation techniques. One particularly heart-wrenching story involved a young man from London who, after extensive questioning about a murder, began experiencing vivid, false visions of the crime, leading him to confess and subsequently spend 25 years behind bars for a crime new evidence proved he didn't commit. Recognizing the significant implications of memory suggestibility, there has been a concerted effort within legal frameworks to refine interview techniques. This entails a careful avoidance of leading questions that could inadvertently plant false memories in the minds of witnesses or suspects. This shift towards more informed interrogation procedures is a crucial step in safeguarding the integrity of our memories and, by extension, the justice system itself. The ease with which suggestions can alter our recollections serves as a poignant reminder of the delicate and pliable nature of memory. It underscores the importance of fostering an awareness of this vulnerability, not just for the sake of legal accuracy, but to also better understand the complex fabric of human cognition and how our perceptions of reality are constructed. Part 6. The Story We Tell Ourselves, Unraveling the Consistency Bias Imagine being torn between two seemingly perfect options, only to choose one and convince yourself the next day that it was always your favorite. This scenario is a textbook example of consistency bias, where our minds rewrite the past to align with current beliefs and decisions. In essence, we often trick ourselves into believing that our present opinions and choices mirror those we held in the past, even when that's not the case. Consistency bias doesn't just shape our trivial daily choices. It significantly influences how we perceive and narrate our life events, especially in areas as complex as personal relationships. Researchers studying this phenomenon have found that individuals report their past feelings about a relationship based on their current sentiments. For instance, if someone's opinion of their relationship sours over time, they're likely to remember incorrectly having always had these negative feelings, even if they initially reported the relationship positively. This bias towards consistency isn't just about sugarcoating or darkening our memories to match the present. It also manifests in what's known as change bias, particularly in happy couples. Here, partners might believe their affection for each other has grown, even if it's remained stable, painting a rosier evolution of their relationship than may have actually occurred. The engine behind our narratives and biases is believed to be the brain's left hemisphere. Michael Gazaniga's pioneering research with split-brain patients at Dartmouth College revealed this hemisphere's role in crafting coherent, if not always accurate, explanations for our actions. By showing images to one hemisphere of the brain, Gazaniga discovered that the left hemisphere, responsible for constructing narratives, would concoct stories to rationalize actions initiated by the right hemisphere, even without awareness of the original stimulus. For example, when a command to walk was shown only to the right hemisphere, and the patient acted on it, the left hemisphere would hastily invent a logical reason for the action, such as the need to go to the restroom. This illustrates not just the brain's innate drive for coherence and storytelling, but also how easily our perceptions of our own motivations and past can be fabricated or altered by our mind's narrative impulse. Through understanding biases like consistency and change, we gain insight into the complex machinery of memory and identity, 
realizing that the stories we tell ourselves about who we are and what we believe are often more malleable and subjective than we might like to think. Part 7. The Lasting Echoes of Emotion. Navigating Persistent Memories. Picture the intense pressure of being just one strike away from securing a championship victory, only to have the tables turn dramatically. This scenario played out for Donnie Moore of the California Angels in 1986, when his pitch led to a game-changing home run by the Red Sox's Dave Henderson. Sadly, the memory of this moment haunted Moore to the point of tragedy three years later, showcasing the profound impact of persistent memories. We all carry with us deeply ingrained memories, both joyous and sorrowful, shaped significantly by the intensity of our emotional experiences. However, the effect these memories have on us varies widely, influenced by our individual styles of thinking, particularly when we fall into patterns of rumination over negative events. Research by the University of Michigan illustrated this by examining the mental well-being of students post-earthquake, finding that those prone to dwell on the negative were more likely to experience depressive symptoms. This correlation underscores how persistent negative memories can spiral into cycles of prolonged mental distress. Yet, the intuitive approach of trying to suppress these memories is not only ineffective, but can backfire. Harvard psychologist Daniel Wegner's experiments demonstrated this paradoxically. When participants attempted to banish thoughts of a white bear or an ex-partner from their minds, the thoughts not only returned, but did so with amplified strength, a phenomenon known as the rebound effect. In contrast, another strategy offers hope. James Pennebaker's work at the University of Texas revealed the therapeutic power of verbalizing or writing about our persistent memories. By framing our traumatic experiences within a narrative, we can begin to process and distance ourselves from the pain they inflict. Notably, this practice has been shown to not only alleviate the burden of such memories, but also confer broader health benefits, such as enhanced mood and immune function. This narrative approach holds particular promise for individuals grappling with extreme cases of haunting memories, including soldiers and refugees, suggesting a pathway to healing and resilience. As we delve deeper into the complexities of memory and its influence on our lives, it becomes clear that Acknowledging and constructively engaging with our most persistent memories can transform how they shape our existence. As we conclude our exploration of the seven sins of memory, we're led to a surprising realization. These memory flaws, though seemingly detrimental, are not insurmountable obstacles, but rather facets of our cognitive function that, with understanding and strategy, can be navigated and even harnessed for emotional growth and self awareness. Part 8. Embracing the Quirks. How memory's flaws are actually evolutionary triumphs. Picture attempting to recall a simple piece of furniture like a table, only to be bombarded with every single table you've ever encountered in your life. Sounds overwhelming, right? This hypothetical scenario underscores a critical insight into the so-called sins of our memory. What might appear as shortcomings are, in fact, Adaptive features sculpted by evolution to enhance our ability to navigate the world. Take absent-mindedness, for example. This memory flaw, 
where we overlook or fail to encode certain details because our attention is directed elsewhere, effectively shields us from information overload. Imagine if you retained every minor detail of every experience. It would be impossible to function. The case of a patient studied by neuropsychologist Alexander Luria illustrates this perfectly. The patient's extraordinary memory, while remarkable, proved to be a curse in daily life due to his inability to sift through and categorize the deluge of remembered details. Moreover, this absent-minded feature of our memory system allows for autopilot functionality during routine tasks. This means we can plan, daydream, or problem-solve while performing mundane activities like showering without the cognitive burden of fully engaging in every moment of the task. This efficiency not only saves mental energy, but also opens up creative avenues by freeing up our minds to wander and explore. From a broader evolutionary perspective, the sins of memory, including persistent memories, serve critical roles. For our prehistoric ancestors, for instance, the ability to vividly recall dangerous or life-threatening situations, a deep pit, the presence of a predator, was invaluable for survival. These persistent, emotionally charged memories acted as crucial warnings, guiding behaviors that avoided harm and thus supported the passing on of genes. Additionally, the phenomenon of positive illusions or the biases influencing our perception towards optimism, illustrate another advantageous flaw. While losing touch with reality can have its downsides, generally optimistic outlooks protect against depression and motivate individuals to tackle challenges that hold the potential for substantial rewards. Reflecting on these aspects, it becomes evident that the features of memory we often categorize as failures are, in reality, sophisticated adaptations. They not only streamline the vast amounts of information we encounter daily, but also ensure our survival by prioritizing emotionally significant events and enabling an optimistic engagement with life's challenges. Far from being weaknesses, these sins of memory highlight the remarkable ingenuity of the human cognitive system, demonstrating its finely tuned capacity to balance the remembering of the past with the demands of the present. Final summary. The essence of this insightful exploration into human memory reveals a compelling truth. What are often perceived as flaws or weaknesses, our moments of forgetfulness, our mix-ups, and our emotional biases in recollection, are indeed the very elements that underscore the sophistication of our cognitive processes. These So-called shortcomings are not mere defects, but rather are clever adaptations that enable us to navigate our complex world more efficiently. At the heart of this understanding is the recognition that our memory system, with all its quirks and idiosyncrasies, is optimally designed for the dynamic and multifaceted nature of human life. It allows us to sift through vast amounts of information, prioritize what's currently relevant, and even plan for the future by freeing our minds from the exhaustive task of remembering every single detail of our past. This perspective shifts the narrative from viewing memory's failings in a negative light to appreciating them as essential trade-offs, sacrifices made for the greater good of cognitive economy and flexibility. Thus, while we may occasionally grumble about a lapse in recall or a misattributed memory, 
It's vital to remember that these moments are integral to the brilliance and resilience of the human memory system, facilitating our smooth operation within the ever-changing tapestry of life. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.